We've been looking in the book of Ephesians, uh, all these things that are His. And because we are in Him, we can claim all those things that are His. We looked at His great love last week, and there's no love like the love of God. Today I want to look at one of the, I think, that is the overlooked thing, not only by sinners, but also by Christian people in the church today. They just don't appreciate what God has done for them in their lives. You say, what is God doing uh, in a lost person's life? He's keeping them from going to hell. You may ask, uh, uh, how is He keeping them from going to hell? Do you realize that God holds your breath in the harm of His hand? He can stop your heart at any time. He's giving you the opportunity and chance every day that you get out of that bed to get right with God. That's, that's how He's uh, doing it. That's how He's doing it. Bible's in whose hand, whose soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. He can stop your breath at any moment He wants to. And if you're not right, hell will be your home. You ought to be thankful that God has kept you living lo this long. Amen. And long enough to hear the gospel and to receive it. I can look back in my life and some of you can also. A lot of my friends are dead. Overdosed. Suicide. Drunk driving. They made the wrong choices in life. And now they're dead and in hell. And that could have been me. That could have been me. But it wasn't. And the only reason I can explain in Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 7, let us stand. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 7. That in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Let's read that again. That in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness Toward us through Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord. We thank you for what we've happened already. We just thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for this day. Lord, we just appreciate what you've done for in our life. Lord, we, we don't think of what you've done. We don't think of all the kindness in your, you've done for us, Lord. Lord, give us a mind to think of what you have done for us, even the lost person. And Father, we'll praise you this morning. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. I, I think one of the greatest aspects of God's uh, character is one that He is kind. There are those that will tell you that your God is mean, your God is hateful, your God is a blood-seeking God. Your God would put people into hell. No. What a kind God that He sent His only Son down to this wretched old world to die for every sinner on this planet. That's the kind God that I have. 
They mocked his name. They spit at him. They wiped at him. And he still gives you the opportunity today to get right. They don't know anything about my God. My God is a kind God. I'm glad the Lord is not like us. Amen. We have a hard time forgiving. Sometimes we're just not kind to each other. Amen. I'm glad my God is not like me. I'm truly glad of that. Let's be honest with each and every one of us. Our kindness does not go start until we had our first cup of coffee. Amen. Our kindness doesn't start until we get up and start moving around and getting things done and woken up. Our kindness does not start until we want it to start. But God's kindness starts every moment. Every moment. Sometimes our kindness doesn't start until we take our medication. And some of you need to take your medications. I'm glad God's not like this. God, God's kindness is not based on the medication he has to take in the morning. It's not his first cup of coffee. God is just kind to us. He's not up one day, down one day. Amen. Amen. <laughs> He's not in and out. He's not wishy-washy. His, his kindness is there. He's there. He's just kind. He's better to us than we deserve. His kindness is stable. Even when I'm not worthy of it. When I, even, when I don't even appreciate the kindness of God. I want to show you some pictures of the kindness of God in the Bible this morning. To try to help us. Keep your place here if you want to. Turn over to 2 Samuel for me. Chapter 9. And we're talking about kindness. Remember this. We're talking about kindness. Chapter 9 of 2 Samuel said, And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness verse number three and the king said is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show kindness verse number seven and David said unto him fear not for I am will surely show thee kindness not for your sake not for my sake but look who he's showing kindness for him for Jonathan, for thy father's sake. There are pictures in the Bible, Second Samuel said, has the word kindness three times, more than any other chapter in the Bible. Kindness is found three times in this chapter. We just read those things. And you say, what, what is that the picture here? This is the picture of God's kindness Amen. toward old sinners like us that can't do nothing for themselves. We find Mephibosheth is a fallen man. 
He is crippled. And he cannot do anything for himself. And when he was a newborn, when they got the news that his father and grandfather were killed, the nurse took him and dropped him and it caused his legs to be deformed permanently. He was maimed. He could not walk. This is the picture of this. Though he was fallen, we are fallen from Adam and Eve. We were dropped into sin spiritually. He is not only just fallen, he is fetched. David said, go down to Lobar and get him. And when he come out of the king to the kings, to him. We were dropped. We were fallen. He, he was forgiven. The king said, don't worry about it. I'm, going not, I'm not going to kill you because of what Saul has done to me. I'm going to show you kindness. Boy, that, that's, I, we can't show kindness when somebody does something bad to us, can we? Not only is he fallen, not only is he fetched, not, not only is he forgiven, but he is fed. David, David said, I want you to sit at my table and, and eat with my sons. Not only is he's, he's fallen, he's fetched, he's forgiven, and, and he's fed, but he has a father. And David said, I, I'm going to be your father to you. Have you noticed the reason why all the kinds is shown to him, like I said, it's not because of the Messiah's fault, it's not because, it's because of who his father was, Jonathan. That I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake. Now, I'm talking about pictures of God's kindness. You sitting here, and you were, uh, you were fallen, the son of daughter of Adam and Eve, but God fetched us out of the dark and mire of our sin, and He's now has fed us with the Word of God. He has given us the riches of heaven. He has set us at the table, and He is our Father today. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. Why did he show that kindness? The same way that David showed the kindness. In verse 7, back in our text, that in the ages to come, he might show exceeding riches of his grace. This, this is how you get kindness from God. It's not by what you've done or what you can do, but this is how you get the kindness of God and the kindness toward us through Christ. Jesus. The only reason any one of us has gotten kindness for God, He's fetched us, He's forgiven us, He's fed us, and He's fathered us, and we're fallen, it's because of Jesus Christ. Not only we see the pictures of kindness, go, go back to our text. I, I, we see the uh, presence of his kindness. Now, I, I'm going to say this, and I don't want to upset anybody, but I, I'm, I'm just, I'm fed up. I'm fed up. I, I don't know why God has not just wiped this planet off the universe. I, I don't know why God has not taken the United States and just wiped them all out. And if I say that, that includes us too. But I don't understand why has God not done it. Have you not seen lately what's been going on in our country? 
That's the country that we're living in. I don't understand why God would not just wipe this country off, get rid of it, because we have gone immorally down the tubes today. But in Luke chapter 6, verse number 35, But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. And yes, shall be the children of highest, for the kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. That, that's why God has not wiped us off the planet yet. I don't understand why he don't. I, when I read this, I think that's a kind God. God, God is kind to those that are evil there. God is kind for those that are unthankful. Would you agree with me? That's where we're at today in this world. People are just plain evil. And yet God said, I'm going to be kind to them. What a kind God. Aren't you glad God hadn't wiped you out when you deserved it? When you were out in the world doing what you was doing? Ain't you glad God didn't wipe you out? We know the story of Jonah. He didn't do, want to do what God told him to do. He got swallowed up by a whale. God got his attention. Can I say this? God is trying to get a bunch of people's attention today, but they're not doing it. We're going to be just like Jonah. Jonah said, uh, uh, but I displeased Jonah exceedingly. He was very angry because he had to go preach to those people. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled unto Tarshish. For I knew that there was a gracious God. I knew you was a forgiving God. I knew you was a merciful God. I knew that about you. You're slow to anger. Great kindness. And if they repented, you would forgive them. He said, I know something about you, God. I know something about you. Can I say I know that about God today? It doesn't matter where you're at and your sin. It doesn't matter how far you crawl down in that ditch. It doesn't matter what you've done yesterday. God says, I am here today. I will forgive you your sins. I, I, you just All you have to do is come and repent. And then they repented and the whole nation got saved, right, with God. What, what, what does God want us to do with that kind of kindness? It's just not a picture it's just not his presence of his kindness. What does God want us to be cause of his kindness? Ephesians 4.32 And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. He said just like God has been kind to you turn around and be kind to your family turn around and be kind to your friends can I say that's a whole lot of kindness to be shown to each other ain't it we have to show kindness to others 
God said, show kindness. But it's not just his presence of his kindness and the picture of his kindness. I want to show you the plan of his kindness, the plan for it. Verse number seven, it said that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. I don't know if anyone has ever heard this phrase before. Back when I was a kid, I'd be eating in my grandmother's house, and boy, could she cook. And I, I'd eat till I get full. I mean, just, oh man, some good cooking. That's back then when we was eating possums, we was eating coons, and we were eating rabbits, and we were eating squirrels. Some good old eating there. And I mean, my belly, <laughs> mashed potatoes with some gravy. <clears throat> good old eating. And, and when you finish up, we just about finish up, and, and all of a sudden you hear that, hold your fort. Anybody ever heard that? You know what that means? <laughs> That means the best that yet come yet, buddy. <laughs> that means something better on its way. And I said, oh, Lord, I'd put my fork down and that plate slide it up. I knew there was something coming. I knew she was going to have some kind of cake, German chocolate cake. Whoo-wee. I'd be thinking about that. And, boy, sometimes she'll throw out some butter pecan ice cream. That's where I learned to love butter pecan ice cream. I eat it with a fork. Amen. <laughs> But there was, that, there was something better on its way. Uh, my grandmother was saying, hey, this ain't, what, this ain't all to it right now, but there's something better coming down the road. That's what Paul is saying in this text. The best is yet to come. Listen, if you think you've been experienced all the, the greatness of God, you've got another thing coming. You get in this Bible, you start reading, you ain't even touched the kindness of God. You even reached the, the boundaries of God. He's got so much more coming for you and I in the ages. Bible, he said in verse 3, said, in the ages to come. We have no idea what God has in store for us. He said that in the ages come, he's going to show us the exceeding riches of his grace and of his kindness. I, you see, I thought him dying at the cross, buried and being raised on the third day to forgive us of our sins. That's kindness. Sure was. But according to this, it's getting gooder and gooder. Down the road, it's getting better and better. I cannot imagine what God can show us more of kindness than what we've already seen the kindness of God. If not, the cross was not enough. If not, Him raising up on the third day, forgiving us and washing of us our sins, thinking that's the kindness that we have and thinking that's not all that God has for us. The Bible says, he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, 
above all that we ask or think. You may say, what is the plan of the ages to come in his kindness? I'm glad you asked that question. Chapter 1, verse number 7. The kindness of his redemption. Verse 7 said, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. You say, well, I've already been redeemed. Look at verse 14. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. There is more to redemption to come than what we already have received. You say, what is left to be redeemed? You're looking at it, this body. My soul has been redeemed. My spirit's been redeemed. It's been washed by the blood. But you're still looking at this old flesh. It's still filthy. The Bible says there's a war internally every day. We struggle with this flesh. I'm trying to crucify the flesh every day. I'm trying to give all the imagination of of lust and thirst over to God every day. I keep surrendering my, my hands to Him, my feet to Him, my mouth to Him, my mind to Him, my eyes to Him every day. There's a constant war inside of each and every one of us. But listen, to me, one of the kindest things that God is going to do for you and I, he's going to eradicate this flesh. I'm looking forward to that. There there are those that preach and believe that this flesh has already been redeemed. They preach once you get saved, you start that eradication of flesh, you started that redeeming of the flesh. No. Because if they believe that, why do they keep having problems with the flesh? You cannot live above sin. That is sinless perfection. You cannot live above sinless perfection. Yet every day, I battle this flesh. But one day, one day, this flesh is going to be eradicated. Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Let me ask you this question, this question. For those living for God, wouldn't it be wonderful to live for him one day? Just one day, you get out of bed. Lord, I'm living for you today. I'm giving you everything. One day, you get out of your your bed and you never have a bad thought. You never thought anything wrong. You never did anything wrong. You never walked the runway. Everything was what God wants to be in your mind. Everything's at peace with God. You're walking in the Spirit truly every day, all day long. Wouldn't that be great? One day you are. So I, I, we, we're not gotten ready. We're not fully redeemed yet. We're saved. Praise God. 
If you're born again, washed by the blood, you're saved, but you're not fully redeemed. You're not fully redeemed till God says, hey, come home. Come home. Wouldn't it be great to never have another health problem? Get out of bed and never hurt again? Mm -mm -mm. That would be great. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. That's just God being kind to us. Romans chapter 8. And if the children then the heirs of, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also glorify together. Verse 18, for I reckon that the suffering of this present time we're not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Talk, talking about redemption, verse 22, we know the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And in verse 23, and they said, not only they, but also, also that we first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. And listen to the full redemption. Hasn't taken place yet. My soul's been covered by the blood, but this old body has not been redeemed yet. What would happen if Jesus came right back right now? I will tell you. I'm going to experience the great kindness of God. In a twinkling of an eye, He's going to transform this body to a body just like Jesus Christ. A glorified body. I got to thinking about that one day, boy, and it really hit me really good. Those that's gone on before us that were bought by the blood, washed in the blood, their souls were saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, but their body hadn't been redeemed. And when they passed away, they laid them down in the ground. The worm is eating them. They're decaying. They're rotting. That body goes back to which where the Bible said it came from, the dust. But then Jesus says, this trump is going to sound. <laughs> I can't get this. <laughs> that grave's going to burst wide open. He's coming back with the soul. Bam! Put them back together. That's when the body's redeemed. And those of us standing around acting dumb on this planet, we're going to be changed in a twinkling eye and we're going to call up together be with Him forever and ever. That's the full redemption of the body. Amen. This, this body is going to be sinful until the day it is put into the ground and rots away. Amen. That, that's just the way it is. I cannot change that. We see the kindness of redemption, but we also they see the kindness of rewards. Ephesians 1, 11. In whom also we obtained an inheritance. Verse 14. Which is the earnest of our inheritance. Verse 18. 
the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. According to this text, not, as, not only is God going to show you some kindness and redeem you back to the body, make it a glorified body, God's going to show me some kindness by rewarding me. I, 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 I can't get that. I really can't understand this. Here he is. We are fallen from Adam and Eve. We're in sin. This body is nothing for the sinful nature. The Bible says we're conceived in sin. We live in sin. Our minds lust after sins. Our body crave after sins. It's all, and Jesus said, I'm going to do this. I, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die, and I'm going to purchase the redemption for you. All you got to do is come and re- ask for re- repentance. Now, I'll save you. He saves you. But I still walk on this planet and I still make mistakes. I still fall. But he says, I still pick you up. He went to the cross. He was beaten. He was put in the tomb on the third day he was rose. And now he's sitting on the right hand of the Father. But he's coming back. He's coming back. Amen. He's coming back. Y'all look like you. I don't believe that. Well, we're Baptists, right? We don't believe that anyway, do we? He's coming back. And not only is he going to redeem me back to this body if I'm dead in the ground, buried and rusted up, and he's going to redeem me back to the body, and then he's going to reward me. For what? What's he going to reward you for? Why would he reward you? You ain't done nothing. You ain't done a thing. But he says, I'm going to give you an inheritance. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you rewards for serving God. First Peter. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercies have begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and fadeth not away. Where is it at? I like to see that. It's not here, people. It's not on this planet, but it's up there. That's where his awards are at in heaven right now. Listen to me. Every time that God is going to leave heaven in the presence of his Son, to wit, that which God was in Christ, reconciling the, the world himself, he was rich, yet he forsake the, uh, his throne, became poor for us. He went through poverty for us. He left that world and came to this world for us. He came to seek and save that which is lost. He came to those that could not go to him. He came seeking. He comes saving. He goes to the cross. And three days later, he rises. He gets the gospel to me. He draws me to himself. I trusted Christ. He put his spirit inside of me. He's going to take me to heaven. I, I get this. Then he's going to reward me. 
for doing what? Serving him. I didn't do anything. I didn't deserve anything but what he has done. I just said, Lord, thank you. You're saved this morning. You ought to be thankful that you're not going to hell. God's been good to you. So what God has got to give you some things for, but I tell you, you know how kind God is. He is so kind, He's going to do all this for you. And the truth of the reason of the matter is, I can't serve Him without Him being in me. <laughs> I cannot get up in the morning inside and say, Lord, I'll serve God, but I don't need you. I need God to serve Him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Everything's about Him. It's all about Him. The Bible said we had this treasure in an earthly vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So I can't serve God without God being inside of me. Why would He reward me for all that He's done for me? Because that's a kind God. That's a kind God. He came to be poor, take the cross, top of Calvary's hill, died the sins, reconciled me back to the Father. He gives me his salvation freely just because I trusted him. Then he puts his spirit inside me so that I can live for him because I can't live for him without him. Then I heard this, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Let me give you something that's going to blow your mind. I don't understand how all this can happen. And I sit down trying to scratch my head, Lord, why would you even love me for as rotten as I am? Y'all don't know me, but if y'all knew me, you would kick me out of the church. Of course, if I knew some of y'all, I'd probably follow y'all out too. <laughs> I mean, we're none of us born perfect. We're all sinful nature. We all sin. But we know where to go to get redeemed at. That's the cost of Calvary, Jesus Christ. We see the kindness of the redemption. We don't deserve it. We see the kindness of the rewards, and we don't deserve that. Let me show you this, we'll be done. We see the rulership in his kindness. We're worried about what's going on in this world today, and sometimes I look at it and say, Lord, I don't know why you hadn't solved the problem. You know, all you have to do is speak a word, and things will be done. I find this, we try to hook up to people and try to, well, we talked about that a little bit outside this morning. You really just can't trust people today. And I thought to myself, really can't even trust preachers today. I know some whacked out preachers. 
And I'm telling you, you're trying to get people on your side, and when you get them on your side, sometimes they'll just do you wrong, put a knife in your back. Let me tell you this, and get, it, get a hold of it. The only person that's on your side in this world today is Jesus. Amen. It's the only one. I, I can be your friend up to a point, but he goes beyond. We worry about what's going on in this world. We know the world's against us. We know the world's hating us. Can I, can I, I'm telling you, that in New York, in New York, they're making it a law that restaurants has to stay open on Sunday. I mean, they're telling a restaurant, if you're going to serve food, you have to be open on Sunday. Well, I go to church. That don't matter. See, they're slowly pulling religion out. Your beliefs out. Now, we know that Chick-fil-A closes on Sunday. But Chick-fil-A has restaurants up at the harbor in New York. And they're telling them, you're going to have to be open on Sunday. So what do we do? Bow down to what they say or stand up for what we believe? So the problem is we're not standing up for what we believe. Amen. If I was owner of Chick-fil-A and they told me I had to be open on Sunday in New York, I said, well, guess what? Those in New York would have to go to another state to get Chick-fil-A. I'll shut them down. You're not going to tell me to do something that goes against the Word of God. That's, that's the world we're at now. I would say this pretty kind. When, you, when it comes to ages to come, you haven't seen the best part yet. You haven't seen all of God's kindness yet. He has a mansion for you. You can walk on streets of gold. You can't do that down here. We're living in a place where there's no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears. We're going to live in a place where Satan can't be there. There's no going to be sin. We're going to live in that place. You ought to get happy about that. Amen. I won't have to worry about getting up in the morning because the Bible says it ain't going to be but one day. <clears throat> there you go. There you go. I won't have to worry about creaking bones going down, laying down. There ain't going to be no doctors up there. Amen. Hey, my knees will get right then. They're not right now. They'll get right then. Amen. But that's where we're going. That's the kindness of God. We don't appreciate that no more, do we? We don't appreciate the kindness of God and what He's showing us and what we see down here, but God says that ain't all that's coming. Talk about His kindness. We see His rulership. Revelation 5.10 has made us unto our God, kings, and priests, we shall reign on earth. I'm not going to be a spectator. I'm going to be a persistator, partaker. Second Timothy, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. See how kind God is. 
Genesis, we all have been under the curse of man. God told man, hey, you're going to be cursed of the land. You're going to sweat of the brow. You're going to work the land. You're going to toll the land. You're going to be hurting. Then he told the woman, hey, you're going to, you're going to travail with pains of childbirth. It's all because. You know, women, you, you're, you're subject unto your husband. That's your curse. But that's still the kindness of God. Still the kindness of God. Amen. I, I read this story. This lady, several years and years and years saved up. Years and years she'd been looking at the magazine. She's backing up in the hills and looking at the magazine, seeing the, the beaches and see the, uh, the hotels, rooms, and all that stuff. She was just seeing, oh, and so she worked and saved, worked and saved. And finally, she got enough money to go to the beach and see all that great stuff. She goes there. She gets in the cab, goes there, and they take her down to the, the hotel room. They get her in the hotel room. They usher her up to the counter there and say, this is so-and-so. And she says, ah, we've been waiting for you. He said, uh, get, it to get her bags and take her to the room. So they, they get her bags and take her to the room to go to the elevator. She gets in the elevator and said, this is not what I expected. The guy said, what, ma'am, what? She said, this is not what I expected. I looked in the magazines. This is not what I expected. She kept ranting and raving. He said, ma'am, just hold on. Ma'am, hold on. Then she said, I, 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 I can't be here. This is not what I expected. He said, ma'am, give me 30 seconds. And I'll take you to your room. When she got to the room, it was that big, luscious room with the outside. See, sometimes we don't, what we don't expect is greater than what we think. God's got something for you <laughs> that your mind cannot even fathom what God has got for you. Amen? But it starts with the kindness of God and you receiving the kindness of God. If you never receive the kindness of God, get this, if you never receive the kindness of God, hell's going to be your home. Well, you shouldn't talk like that. I'm not trying to tell you anything. I'm just telling you, you're either saved or unsaved. You're not born again. You sitting here right now, and you don't know the kindness of God in your heart. You're serving God. Hell's going to be your home. But I got good news for you. You can change it today. You can change your destination. You can receive the kindness of God. What He's done for you at the cross of Calvary, what He's done for every man, woman, boy, and girl, and child in this world. He said, come! Come! All you got to do is get up and come.